0: All right, testing one, two, three. Test one, two, three. Looks like we're back. All right, testing one, two, three. There it is, all right. us wait a few seconds here, and we'll get right into it. to cover here um we're still on page <clears throat> excuse me page 24 that's where we're going to begin here page 24 of 170 so still have a long ways to go let me see if I can put this in let's let's focus well there we go I like that it's a good way to put it help us focus a little bit oh look at that Invisible Enemy number three. I've already covered um, some of the very early early days of this, or the early struggle that I had here with a lot of this stuff. And um, we haven't even made it to March 23rd, so... But for anybody who's new to this or doesn't know this, we're just going to cover... I guess I could show my face here for a second here we are ah you found me (laughs) that's pretty cool all right kind of testing out this uh, so we'll see how well this goes here but um yeah so this is episode number three and we are going to go over uh, the early days of COVID this is um, based on you know 170 pages of the book that I have ready to go um maybe not ready to go on the early days of COVID-19. I thought it was very important to try to document this for my family, for my friends, um for the future generations of this country, of this nation, so everybody knows exactly what happened and what didn't happen. I think that's going to be a big, 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 big thing as we move forward here. Um, So let me just see if I can center this out. So we talked about Rand Paul. The last thing that we covered in part two is Rand Paul did get um, COVID-19, but he was asymptomatic, which is pretty interesting when you think about it because we're still having that. So it's like people don't even know, they didn't even know that they were testing or that they they would test positive without any symptoms. So it brings up the question about false positives, things like that. i have a cold i'm just getting over a cold it's just a cold just a head cold nothing i haven't gotten any other year so no big deal there um but we're going to continue here page 24 um and i may i may add this to my website what is dot 911wordpresscom So if anybody wants to go back and look at some of this stuff, there may be some typos or maybe just some random notes, things like that. But at least you'll be able to kind of um, see where I was coming from. Kind of, if, you, if there's anything that you watch in this video or in the past two episodes that you'd like to learn more of, of, about, it would be nice to have um, So so you can actually go and find this document that I'm reading from here and pull out those certain things. Um, Some of the articles that I mentioned in the last two shows, I do have offline in PDF form just because you know how things go and I, you know, things get scrubbed. So um, the, we talked about the guy, um, the Santa Santa Clara, the first case in the Bay area and how that guy went that guy died, unfortunately. Um, And he went to Florida for a business trip came back and, um, they put him on a ventilator. So, and, and he, and he passed away. And that's kind of what I thought is like, you know, when we talk about this COVID thing now, and it's like, well, unless I'm on a ventilator, I'm not really going to worry about, about it. I'm more worried about the vaccination and when people are getting the shot and then they're, um, having heart complications, um, passing out and in some cases dying after having that shot. So, um, there's still a lot of things that need to be done about that, but forcing it at this stage is is crazy. Um, forcing it, period, is is completely nuts. But forcing it, forcing people to try to get the shot at this stage is pretty uh, pretty crazy, I would think. So I'm glad that the su- Supreme Court um, did fight back a little bit against Biden and some of the things Biden was trying to to do. But I guess um, we can go ahead and get right into this so I will switch this this is what's nice about two screens here having two screens I don't know if you guys you guys probably can't even see me there huh so what do I have to do Do I have to move this here or something no let's see um transition transition oh look at that there we go so I've been talking all this time and nobody has been able to see me but that's okay not a big deal but um you can see me now I'm just kind of jumping in here been sick so I lost a couple couple pounds and definitely got my bullet club shirt on just for all you wrestling fans here. But you know, nothing is gonna stop us from the from the truth, from getting to the truth and from continuing to focus on this. And I'm not someone who believes that um the COVID is a is a hoax or that it's completely real either, you know, um and <clears throat> I know people have it people have gotten it, people have died from it, but it does seem like it's a very small percentage, very small percentage of people that have actually died from it when you, when you look at it. But back in March of 2020, they were making it seem like if you get COVID, you will pretty much die. So the ventilators, they ordered all of those because that's, you know, that's what they were doing, putting people on those. And and it helped in some cases, in a lot of cases, it probably helped. But, um, then after a couple of weeks, you know, the ventilators, you don't really hear that much about them now. So are people still getting sick going on the, the ventilators and um then dying or getting better from it? Um it's all about the flu shot, the uh the, the COVID shot. That's what we see more of now. So that's what we're, we'll be kind of focusing on here. So let me transition. Oh, I like that. I like how I can easily just transition back and forth between this. So I, this is, I'm using OBS software. I'm still kind of new to it now that I have a second screen. It's pretty cool to have. So um, we will continue reading on here as well. And thank you all for joining and thank you all for re watching this. And you know, I don't go live that much on this channel, but we are live right now. And I do appreciate everybody here, everybody watching. And I'm going to plug in my second. Audio, if I have it. I guess I don't have it. Oh, here it is. It fell on the ground. So anyways, if you notice any audio issues, I'll try to to monitor that from time to time. Otherwise, um, we'll just continue moving along here. Sounds all right. Yeah, it doesn't sound too bad. Okay, so let's continue on here. Free testing in Hayward, California, March 23rd, 2020. The COVID-19 Testing Center at Hayward Fire Station uh, number 7, 7, 28270 on Huntwood Avenue will open daily from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. and will be managed by a Hayward Firefighter Paramedics and EMT. It's free and open to anyone regardless of immigration status. the city said Sunday. this is from an article I can tell uh, up to three hundred and seventy people a day will be tested. A city spokesman Chuck Finney said Hayward police will be on hand to control traffic, but that he hopes that there won't be an unnecessary rush I' fix that typo right now while I'm here to get the tests. The goal is to prioritize health care workers, and people who are already ill, he said. So that makes sense, right? That's what you would want to do in a situation like this. Um, now we're in the state, in the stage where that's not what's happening. Everybody needs to get to it. Everybody needs to have a, a a vaccine and, you know, we shouldn't, we're being punished if we don't want to take one. And I'm one of those people who does not want to want to take one. Definitely, I don't support it being forced. If it works, people will do it. You know, if it only works, if everybody does it, then it doesn't work. So, uh, let's see. <clears throat> we want sick people to come. He said we want the wondering and the worried to stay home and continue to shelter in place. So remember March 20, 23rd, everybody was sheltering in place. That was the big thing. Shelter in place, shelter in place, shelter in place. Two weeks to flatten the curve. Uh, never understood how you can flatten the curve, but then... Um, if you look at the graphs, then you understand what they're talking about. They don't flatten that. Uh, let's see, what are we, two years later now? So, Hayward officials partnered with Avellino Lab USA Inc. in Menlo Park, which will process the test kits in as little as six hours or the next day. So, this is what those are those painful kits where they were shoving them up your nose into your brain, almost <laughs> suppression through isolation after testing, or SIT as we call it is an approach that has proven to be most effective in countries on the leading edge of this pandemic. Hayward Fire Chief Garrett Contreras said in a news release Sunday, every driver who pulls up to the testing site will be asked a series of questions, such as whether they traveled recently or if they've had contact with someone who has the, the virus. So, I mean, this is, this is a lot better than people coming down knocking on your door and asking you these things, right? These are This is a voluntary thing where people are going. People are fleeing to these sites, um, wanting to make sure that they don't have it. Uh, of course, if somebody has it in that area and you go down there, you may have, have an issue. But it's more, you know, it's people who already feel like they have it, people who think that they have this virus, et cetera, et cetera. But um, then it says those who qualify for the testing, will they get screened for fever, cough, shortness of breath, breath and respiratory issues among other symptoms test the test includes swabbing of the nasal cavities and the back of the throat the city said we want to take the pressure off emergency rooms and want to get quick answers to people who are health workers and emergency responders so that's what this is really for now at that time on march 20 march 23rd 2020 there were 68 coronavirus cases in alameda county um the county that i'm that i'm living in. Um, Tatiana Sanchez is a San Francisco Chronicle. Okay, so that's from the, that's the article there. So um, this article, I pulled this from firehouse.com. <clears throat> so that is the article there if anybody wants to go and check that out to see what's going on there. So with that in mind, I'm just going to pull this up a little bit. Okay, now we have um, the first case the first case of homeless in Santa Clara, which is pretty interesting because expected expected that to happen a lot with the homeless. So um, on March 17, 2020, the first known death among the homeless in California was recorded in Santa Clara County. We're accelerating efforts to identify motels and other locations where we can move folks as soon as possible, as soon as the testing indicates that we need to get them out and away from others, says Mayor Sam Lucardo. So um, March 17th, that's when they have the first known death of homeless people. Um, I I put your first case, but it should be really first known death among the homeless related to coronavirus. So they say, so we get a lot of this uh, across the whole nation at this time, things dropping, people dropping like flies and this and that and It just seemed like a bigger problem than what we would find out later on. Um, So now we're going to move on to 25, page 25 here, national emergency. So here we go. This is the national emergency here. From President Trump, um, from his speech on March 18, 2020, probably a press briefing most likely. I would like to begin by announcing some important developments in our war against the Chinese virus, said President Trump. We'll be invoking the Defense Production Act, just in case we need it. In other words, I think you all know what it is, and it can do a lot of good things if we need it. And we will. We will have it all completed, signed in just a little bit. Right after I'm finished with this conference, I'll be signing it. It's prepared to go, so we will be invoking the Defense Production Act. All right. interesting um last week president trump continued i signed an emergency declaration under the stafford act which as you may know we invoked previously and which activated fema's national response coordination center fema is now fully engaged at the highest levels today fema is activated in every region we are at level one level one being the highest level which you will work with. And we've been working with FEMA. I've done a lot of I've done a lot of work with FEMA. So that is from the White House.gov press briefing statements. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if those are still out there right now or not. But uh, the defense Pro- the Defense Production Act is what this was all focused on. Um, and they start to do a lot of different things here at this time. It's still kind of a little chaotic. But remember that's remember these dates here, okay? These are very important dates. March 18th, and the war. I think this is what a lot of people did not like, which is the war against the Chinese virus. And of course, we are we covered that in the first episode. Why does he call it the Chinese virus? Cause, and he says because it came from China. So you can you can see what his view is. I know some people think it came from a U.S. military base or something, but. Um, We know it was in China for sure. And, you know, if you look at the Chinese numbers, the stats on the World O-Meter website, you can clearly see um, there's something wrong with the Chinese numbers there. Right to try. Here we go. The medical establishment has never really liked the right to to try for anything, right? They want to focus things um, that they're just trying out and just testing out that they're getting started on. So that's kind of weird, too. I always thought that was pretty strange. Okay, so we're going to look at a man named Rio Giardinari. Of course, I'm going to butcher that name. After Rio Giardinari tested positive for COVID-19, his condition worsened quickly. Giardinari, probably Giardinari, whatever, had a fever for nine days. He experienced severe back pain, headaches, and fatigue. Uh, Once he began treatment with hydrocloxychloroquine, almost all his symptoms were gone. He took the last dose of hydroxychloroquine about an hour before speaking with Laura Ingram on March twenty third, twenty twenty. So this again, it's uh, anything you know Trump is cool with, um, the media is gonna just try to blast him on it. So if it works, it works. That's the main thing. If this worked for this person. It could work for other people the right to to try is very important at that point especially so early on when people don't know anything that is going on about this and when you read um robert f kennedy's book um the real anthony fauci you know anthony fauci is one of those guys who was basically trying to stop some of these right to try things because it was all about business, right? This was cutting in to the business, cutting into the things that that they wanted, that the big pharma wanted. Okay, so he says, I'm not a scientist, he told Laura Ingram, I'm not a doctor, but I know when I'm sitting here in pain and they tried all kinds of antibiotics sorting through me and continue to and I continue to get worse. My breathing became worse. Speaking became difficult, and a friend of mine from a prayer line reached out, a friend of 43 years, and says, hey, I saw this on Laura Ingram's show. You need to take this medicine, and you need to ask your doctor to give it to you now. Now, Giardinari asked his doctor about hydroxychloroquine, but the doctor said he couldn't prescribe it, but, he continues, he did put me in touch with the infectious disease doctor who said yes. Yes, Rio, I know what you're talking about. We've all seen it online. There's no trials. There's no studies. There's no guarantees this will work for you, and it could possibly hurt you. My feeling at that particular time was that I thought it was at the end of my rope, and I didn't see any other options. For me, it was a risk worth taking. So this is a very, you know, this is one of those positive cases here. And he says, aside from a headache, which lasted a few days, he felt fantastic. All the other symptoms were completely gone. So here, here you have something that works. This guy was willing to be a guinea pig, was willing to pretty much test it out, and um, see if this would work for him. And it did. You know, it did work. And so why not continue it? That's why people started running to it. And you know, it was hard to find at that point. And I know there was a lot of reasons um, why. Uh, It it seemed like people didn't want to do it. I think because Trump came out for it, I think that was a a big thing too. So this saved this guy's life. Hydroxychloroquine. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to pronounce that correctly, but um, it saved this guy's life here. It works. Here you have a case where it works. So... um, it's not the cure-all. It's not the thing. It doesn't mean it's just that it's going to work for everyone. But if it works for him, why not try it? Why not? Why not let people try it and see if it works for them too? Right? That's what I would think. So now we're going to move on to um, Prince Charles. On March 23, 2020, Prince Charles tested positive for COVID-19, but was said to be in good health. According to reports, the Queen was not not infected, but was in contact with her son on March 12th. I'm just going to change that typo right there. Um, So she was in contact with Prince Charles on March 12th. On 23rd, Prince Charles tests positive. As far as we know, uh, the Queen did not test positive. But then it it all goes back to the thing, like I was saying, um, I think in episode 1 or episode 2, like... If Trump tested positive back then, would they really tell us? Um, if the Queen tested positive, would would they really tell us? Prince Charles, nobody really seems to care about him. So that was not a big surprise um, that they would let that go out. But it was pretty interesting that the Queen didn't. And we've seen that where the virus kind of attacks certain people and not other people. I always found that fascinating. Um. Okay, the Prince of Wales has tested positive for coronavirus, according to communications secretary for the Prince of Wales, Julian Payne. He has been displaying mild symptoms, but otherwise remains in good health. The, the Duchess of Cornwall, wife of Prince Charles, tested negative. Both are self-isolating at their home in Scotland. That's the other thing. Like Again, here we have two people you Know a prince, a prince, a duchess, and one tests positive, the other doesn't. Now, there could be many reasons for that. Maybe they're not as close as we all think or want to, to think that a husband and a wife should be, but for whatever reason, um, he tested positive, and these two women didn't. But th- the other thing is that his symptoms were were mild too, and he was he was in pretty good health, so kind of like, like, Ran- like Rand Paul, um. Pretty interesting. It is not possible, Payne continued in the statement, to ascertain from whom the prince caught the virus, owing to the high number of engagements. Owing to the, let me read that again. It is not possible to ascertain from whom the prince caught the virus, owing to the high number of engagements he carried out in his public role during recent weeks. So he was around a lot of people. He could have caught it from a number of people in those weeks, and he could have infected people in those two weeks. What had had he? In those two weeks, had he um, been around the duchess, his wife, had he been around his mom, the queen, or not? Um, Pretty interesting there. And that's from Fox News, Fox News article. That's under entertainment. That's kind of weird. I thought that was weird. Um, (laughs) I guess we'll go on to March 24th, 2020 here. Here's an interesting one. March 24, 2020, Trump participated in a live town hall meeting about the coronavirus on March 24, 2020. We had the best economy in the history of our country three weeks ago, President Trump said. Then all of a sudden we're supposed to shut it down and then we're supposed to pay people not to go to work. We never had that. We used to pay people to go to work. So he admits he's shutting the country down, but even as early as March of 20, uh, March 24th, 2020, you can see he's like not really happy with shutting everything down and, um, paying people to not go to, to work, which a lot of people were getting incentives to go on, um, uh, unemployment. Uh, I remember I had to go on unemployment. Um, our job had to, had to cut back and, we were part time. I was part time working from from home, and it's true. I was making more money working from home for, for a certain point, um, because of the the money that I was getting from the un, unemployment was more than I was making. It's crazy. It's it's really nuts. And um, you know that didn't last for forever. It lasted for you know a couple a couple months or something, five six months or something like that. But for that time, it's like, wow, I'm actually staying at home, um, only working part-time and making more. Like how can – and we're in this debt. We have so much debt. How can can that be? So it really shut down the economy. Re- anything that President Trump was doing at that point is pretty much gone because now we have all of this new found debt now. It's crazy. I mean that's why I really do a, a, attribute some of this. Coronavirus, partially as as an attack on Trump, um, to ruin the economy, and um, and the timing is interesting too. Right, look at this timing here. So, whatever, we'll keep going on. Uh, President Trump was also asked about the true the two trillion dollar bill con- Congress was negotiating. I canceled the deal last night, President Trump responded. I said, I'm not going to sign that deal because Nancy Pelosi came in and put a lot of things in the deal that had nothing to do with the workers. They always do that. You know that. That had nothing to do with an agenda that had had to do with an agenda that they've been trying to get passed for 10 years. You know, we almost had a deal the day before, and it was between Schumer and Mitch. It was really a good, solid deal all of a sudden they start throwing in the little green new deal stuff now they've renegotiated so that's what what happens right i mean we've seen that happen so many different times That's why a lot of people have lost faith in um in the government or just in the congress and the bills that they create etc etc we have to remember we are are the government the people are the government um, whether you want to be involved or not. The people are speaking for, for you, so we need to stay involved at some level, at some point. Um, and so he talks about Nancy Pelosi, who kind of started throwing in stuff with this new, the Green New Deal, and they're still doing that with this thing that, you know, the new bills that they're pushing and everything. They're still trying to push all of that Green New Deal stuff in there. Okay, so... Tucked into page 148 of roughly 1,400-page bill, wrote Justin Caruso, the Daily Caller reporter, Nancy Pelosi's coronavirus bill gives $300 million to refugees and to migrants. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous because why it doesn't make that doesn't make any any sense. First of all, if you have a, a pandemic, you have something like this, and you want to shut everything down. If you're stopping me from going to to work, you're telling us to stay at home, shelter in place. But then you're going to bring in the refugees, the whole migrants. You're going to put in all of that stuff in there. Like that has nothing to do with. Um, with what the bill should be and we see this right we see we see this way happen way too much way too many times so you can look at that that's from the daily caller 324 2020 <clears throat> now because of my um uh, i'm still getting over a little flu here and my voice is a little raspy um i'll stay on as long as i can as much as i can but may need to take a little sip of water from time to time here Regarding shutting down the country, I wasn't happy about it, said President Trump. I also knew that I had to do it. It's been very painful for our country and very destabilizing for our country. We have to go back to work. People can go back to work, and they can also practice good judgment. So even as early as March um, uh, 24th, 2020, he's already saying we need to get back to work, right? President Trump also commented on when he would like to see the country open. <clears throat> I remember this. He got, he got you know hammered by the lamestream media for all this. He said, I'd love to have it open by Easter. I would love to have the country opened up and just a raring to go by Easter. That would have been April 12th, 2020. Now, when it didn't open up, they were like, oh, he couldn't do it. He couldn't open up, et cetera, et cetera. But he says, we want to focus testing on people that have symptoms, Vice President Pence added during the town hall meeting, 90 percent of the people that have been tested for the coronavirus don't have it. We've tested more than three hundred twenty thousand people, and that's an encouraging number. If you don't have symptoms, don't do a test. It's a pretty good good advice, I would think, because there are a lot of people running out of fear with the meet with the media. What the media was telling us, you know, we're all going to die from this." One. You know, they made it seem so horrible that everybody started trying to go and get tested. Um, those are probably the same people that stood in line to get the vaccination first. Could be some of the same people that were buying toilet paper; and nobody else could get any. Just a guess there. Just a guess. That's a lot for March twenty, March four, March twenty-four, two thousand fourteen. So here's something else. <clears throat> According to a March 24th article by Tim O'Donnell posted in theweek.com, an Oxford study led by Oxford theoretical epidemiologist Sunitra Gupta suggests the pandemic is in a later stage than previously thought and estimates the virus has already infected at least millions of people worldwide. In the United Kingdom, which the study focuses on, half the population would have already been infected. If accurate, that would mean transmission began around mid-January, and the vast majority of cases presented mild or no symptoms. Now, I can attest to that a little bit. Um, I did get pretty sick during that time, but again, it's just a cold. It's nothing new for me. I don't know, you know, I'm not saying I ever had it, or I don't think that I ever had it, because everything that I had, even what I just had a couple of days ago, and I'm still kind of fighting off, um, feeling much better, but everything that i had is nothing new it's nothing that i haven't had in the past and um i had my my adenoids taken out when i was a, a kid so getting sick every year is not that big of a deal for me I, you, after a while you just kind of deal with it you figure out a way to just deal with it you know it's coming i know when it's going to come um usually between thanksgiving and and now and i just prep for it trying to do my best but uh, maybe one one year it may not hit me. It it hit me around this this time, um, around that same time. But I, I didn't. Yeah, like it says, mild or no symptoms. So nobody really knows if you have it if you haven't had it. But I mean, <clears throat> they were also blaming all of the dead cases. Remember, we were hearing. I'm sure we'll get to that too. A lot of the cases of the people that were dying had pre-existing conditions. Um, it's one of the one of the many reasons why I don't want to get the shot. Because if you have pre existing con- conditions, why would you want to expose yourself to the coronavirus? The virus is in the shot. Don't get the shot if you don't know what is in it. I mean, that should be just rule number one. I don't I don't eat anything. I don't drink anything unless I know what is in it. Right? It's on every label. They put all the guard. You can read. on the back of an ingredients label and sometimes it's really bad there's so much of this stuff I don't know what it means but at least I can read it and I can see what is in it and then I don't then I don't eat it or if if I do then that's that's on on me but there's way too much trust in the in the vaccination I think way too much trust um unwarranted trust that trust has to be built Right. And I think that's why they they wanted the leaders to get it. That's why they wanted Trump to take the shot. They wanted the sports players, your idols, the people that you look up to, uh, movies, theater, all that stuff. You still see it. It's, you know, it's all we are in this together, all that stuff. Right. Because they knew that you were not going to just take it on your own, it wasn't going to happen not at the numbers that they were hoping. But even this article here, um, the the week article, it's like a million, you know, at least millions of people worldwide by January. Um, Interesting, pretty interesting. So let's see here. As of March 24th, 2020, the Department of Defense announced 227 cases among United States soldiers. That same day, a United States Marine stationed inside of the Pentagon tested positive for COVID 19 that's from the militarytimes so that's a good article there. Um, I think I took a little bit um, there was There was a lot more that I could have included in that article. It was, it was interesting, but it was hitting everybody and hitting kind of randomly too. I thought that was curious to say the least. All right, next. Oops. <clears throat> OK, next, 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 next. The Marine worked at the Marine Corps plans, policies, and operations office. Per US Centers for Disease Control guidelines, Marine Captain Monica Witt stated, the Marine is in isolation at his home and will undergo further assessment by health professionals. The Marine followed official guidance by isolating himself when his spouse began to show symptoms. Once he became ill, he contacted his assigned medical facility. His workspace has been cleaned by a Pentagon response team, and a thorough contact investigation is underway to mitigate risk and preserve the health of our Marines, civilians, and families. So it was like all these articles, they got it, they got it, they're testing positive, testing positive, um, how many of them were actually dying? How many of them? And those numbers will will come up. Uh, that's um. I wish I would have. I should have started documenting those numbers earlier. I can tell I hadn't yet, but at some point in this 175-page um, PDF, I do start documenting those numbers to try to keep up with it because they're pretty interesting. Um, the way that the news articles were kind of being written and all that, and you know, I don't. I don't watch like CNN. Um, I didn't watch Fox. The only reason why I would watch Fox is if Trump was on there, if Tucker Carlson or something like that. Um, Sean Hannity, I started watching him, which was kind of interesting because you know, his view on the war and everything, his view on September 11, a lot of that stuff, uh, I was totally anti. Um, back in 2000, <clears throat> I was a Clinton, Dem- a Clinton Democrat, and um, you know, I, I thought I, I wanted Al Gore to win in, in 2000. Was very anti-Bush, very anti-Bush too, uh, very anti-Republican in, in, in general. Um, and uh, Ron Paul really helped me, you know, change that, change that view. I really wish he would have ran, Ron Paul would have ran as a third party. Um, but whatever, I, I get it. <clears throat> it's still the, the two-party system and it's still there. And, you know, Trump, That's the that's the only way that he won too, was to join one of the two parties and I I thought he would choose the other party, the Democrat Party, but, you know, that's all sewed up. So that's pretty much, you know, the Clinton and Obama and the Biden, it's all the same people. And you look at when they have these people in in office, it's all the same. So who who they put in there. And Trump really failed with a lot of people too, I think. He put a lot of people in office. Uh, in his cabinet in places that he shouldn't have. And he's he's talked about that. He's admitted that that there was a lot of people um that he surrounded himself with. Um we always have to be careful about that too. Who you surround yourself with. I you could tell my voice is going out. So <clears throat> we'll do a few more. We're still on March twenty fourth. And we're on page 29. Also on March 24th, the Department of Defense reported three sailors were diagnosed with COVID-19. The sailors were aboard the USS Theodore Roosevelt. Acting Navy Secretary Thomas B. Modley stated, We've identified all the folks they've had contact with, and we're, we're quarantining them as well. This is an example of how we are able to keep our ships deployed at seas and underway, even with active COVID-19 cases our force remains on watch throughout the world during this crisis and they're continuing to execute the primary mission under the national defense strategy well oh, look at this finally made it to March 25th March 25th 2020 the department of defense enacted a 60-day stop movement order for the DOD for all DOD uniformed and civilian personnel and their sponsored family members overseas this measure is taken to aid in further prevention of the spread of coronavirus disease 2019 to protect us personnel and preserve the operational readiness of our global force global force building up previously enacted movement restrictions governing foreign travel permanent change of station moves temporary duty and personal leave this stop movement order will also impact exercises, deployments, redeployments, and other global force management activities. Approximately 90,000 service members slated to deploy or redeploy over the next 60 days will likely be impacted by the stop movement order. So um, I think I'll stop there for now, and we'll come back and we'll get in. But now we're getting into a lot of more of the different global things here. Um, that are going to happen and I do try to document as pretty much everything that Trump says every speech that he does from this point I make sure to watch the the whole thing write notes document it come back live stream it if I can replay it if I don't live stream it and try to add that to this book here so all right my friends and my folks God bless you all and I really appreciate you um taking the the time to um tune in here On this bright sunny day And until next time I will see you all then God bless A simple truth It really is this simple Either you believe David Crowley is innocent Or you believe he is guilty If you believe David Crowley is guilty You are wrong If you believe David Crowley is innocent, you are right. It really is that simple. A United States Army veteran is dead. His wife and his five-year-old daughter are dead. A thorough investigation would only conclude with authorities admitting they lacked evidence to support their accusations. If authorities were to admit the case remains unsolved, they would also have to admit that the public may still be in danger. I am not able to solve this case. My interest is in forcing authorities to admit David Crowley is innocent. The reason they refuse to talk about this case is not because they are confident of David's guilt. They lack confidence in their allegations. Their department wishes to move on, but they are only lying to themselves. They must know the simple truth, and they need to publicly admit this. Their credibility depends on it now the unspoken truth is that David is innocent until proven guilty. Why are authorities running from the simple truth? How long do they think they can run for? You cannot run from God. You cannot run from your nightmares. And you cannot run from the facts. Why would anyone want to? What could possibly motivate someone to try? If you cannot prove David Crowley guilty, then he remains innocent It's as simple as that. So the resistance we face is disgusting. If David was guilty, the evidence would be right in our faces. If David was guilty, resistance to our questions would not exist. If David was guilty, facts would be evident. There are no facts to prove David guilty. There are only facts which prove David innocent. Hence the resistance to getting justice for David Crowley Who cares? Do the people who closed this case and decided to not speak about it ever again really care? Do the friends who accused David Crowley of being guilty days after his body was found really care? Perhaps they only care about spreading the accusations of David's guilt instead of researching the facts of this case. They don't seem to care about the facts which prove David innocent. Truth is a simple thing, justice does not die, facts prove David is innocent. What's up, everybody? This is Ross from Planet X Filmworks channel on YouTube and the Zodiac Files True Crime series. Check it out and shout out to Greg and the Grey Stage channel. Their content is amazing. Hi, this is Sophia from the Grey Stage podcast. I'd like for all of you to know that the Justice for David Crowley and Family group is located on Facebook. In this group, we highly encourage our members to read all the documents that we have gathered for this case. You can find those documents up in the group files or on Greg Fernandez Jr.'s website titled thegraystagewordpress.com. Together, we can work to find justice for David, Kamel, and Little Ronnie. Merry Christmas. Are you interested in the paranormal? Murder mysteries, cryptocurrency, and thought-provoking interviews. Then check out Crypt Rick's I've Been Thinking on YouTube or every Monday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Studio A at Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. Welcome to the Crypt.